Welcome back to the It Happens Here podcast. I am Kara the Huntress-Smith, a senior targeting analyst for the nonprofit Deliver Fund, where we equip, train, and advise law enforcement to combat human trafficking. This podcast and every podcast is brought to you by Deliver Fund, so please go to deliverfund.org if you'd like to support the podcast and the fight against human trafficking. Unless specifically said so by me, when I break these articles down, it doesn't necessarily mean Deliver Fund was involved. Also, the suspects in this article is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. All right, let's see. We've got a story out of Ocala, Florida. Let's get to it. ClickOrlando.com on August 2nd published this story out of Ocala, Florida. A man accused of forcing a woman into sex work for years is now locked up in Marion County, according to Ocala police. Police arrested Alvin Harris, 41 years old, Saturday at the Ecus Inn. Officers were called to the hotel for reports of an assault. Police said they spotted Harris chasing after a woman through the parking lot when they arrived. Investigators said the woman told Harris that she had been trapped for eight years and he was not allowing her to have her own items or money, even controlling whether she would eat or not. The victim said Harris had isolated her from her family after they met in Texas, forcing her to travel to different states, including Florida, and take part in sex work, according to the arrest affidavit. The victim said Harris had also taken out loans in her name, then forced her to withdraw the money. The woman added that Harris would also routinely drug her and sexually assault her. Harris faces 30 counts of human trafficking, as well as charges of sexual battery and assault. All right, pretty simplistic article, pretty stereotypical. I mean, he isolated her. He was controlling what she ate. He controlled the access to her belongings. He forced her to prostitute, I'm air quoting herself, meaning he was trafficking her. Uh, he took out loans in her name, right? He recorded her and threatened to um, do just probably the worst things you could ever imagine to her. He did sexually assault her and he would also drug her up. It it's, it's follows the same thing that we talk about every week, right? Uh, the manipulation, the control, the abuse, the threatening, the drugs, all of that stuff. Now, the, the kicker in this story is she was being trafficked for eight years. That is a very long time. It's two months is a long time in the trafficking world. Eight years is an eternity. I can promise you he didn't just do this to probably only one victim. There were probably many others that were out there. It's very rare where a trafficker just does this to one person for eight years straight. Uh, there were likely many others. Um, let's go... Why wasn't, let's look at, why wasn't this detected before? Let's talk through this. So eight years, do you think she probably tried to run in those eight years? Probably. He also probably manipulated her or she also probably came back, drug dependency. He likely manipulated her through 
uh, a romantic means as well. Um, I mean, she could have never asked for help, but that might be unlikely. Or the law enforcement she came in contact with, because there's no way in eight years she didn't come in contact with law enforcement in that line of uh, work, is if you would want to call it that. Possibly the law enforcement officers weren't properly trained. Uh, or maybe she simply was just not in a place in her life to break free and find that strength. Uh, because a trafficking victim can only truly be free from trafficking when they're ready to do so and they find it in themselves to save themselves because there's such a deep emotional component within their trauma that it is fully up to them when they're ready to get away and when they're ready to leave. So she did cry out, but let's face it, I mean, she might have done this many times before. If you look up the specific hotel that she was at, I mean, it's $86 a night. The people who live there and stay in these places tend to mind their own business. Some of these places are even on the cut. I'm not saying this place was specifically, but some of the managers, some of the maids and stuff, they actually take money to stay quiet. Uh, it's extremely low risk for the trafficker. I mean, they spend $86 a night for that room when he's forcing her to sell herself anywhere from 120 to like $300 for an hour, right? So he, he banks all the money, nobody raises any suspicion. And somebody who did finally call police um, must've seen her in distress and she was running away when law enforcement was running up. But yeah, when you see these things happening in these places, in these parts of town, it's almost like an unwritten code in those parts of town at those hotels. You keep your mouth shut. It's none of your business. Or a lot of times you're going to uh, face reprimand if you try to make it your business. So that's, that's another reason why she may have outcried before, but within those eight years was never actually um, provided services or provided that outreach that she was looking for. It's just the sad reality is people look the different way. That's what they do. Uh, the different levels of trafficking she went through, it's important to note that, and I'm circling back here, is that he stole her ID and opened different accounts in her name. Traffickers regularly do this. They take control of their victims' identifications. They open bank accounts. They open uh, cam video accounts and make money off of them that way by selling them. They don't have credit history themselves or their credit history is so bad because they've ruined it. They go off and then they ruin their victims' credit history. So when these victims even get out of the life and they want to recruit their life, it's hard for them to gain an identity back because it has been so flawed and ruined by these traffickers. So they'll take out loans, they'll get credit cards, they'll default on the credit cards in the girls' names. And when that one credit history is destroyed, that's another reason for them also to go out and get another victim. But this girl was with him for eight years. And I can't imagine what happened within those eight years to not 
only destroy her mentally, but is also destroying her from a profile level of who she has to be the surviving society. And there's victim services organizations out there that help that. There are state laws out there that help that and expunge those records. There are financial institutions that when they see a trafficking victim come out of the life and need help, they will work with them. Um, there's, you know, pro bono lawyers out there that help legally expunge all of those financial issues. Um, or, you know, when it comes down to it, help them file for bankruptcy to clean everything up in the end, depending what state they're in and what they're doing. It exists out there, but their lives that they have when they come out of these situations, specifically like in this one, they think that they might be getting away from one terrible life. But when you're getting out of that and coming to something new, it's not much easier because of our constructs of society, especially within the financial institutions and how our credit system works. And it's all the traffickers doing. They will ruin these victims' lives in more way than one. So I hope this was a eye-opening article for you and you learned a little bit today. If you... Uh, learn something, please like, share, subscribe, and tune in next week for, an ep for another episode of It Happens Here.